0: Um, we are, lots of you know that uh, Teresa, uh, Jan McFarlane and myself were out in Bethel for their Leaders Advance Conference, so the last two Sundays we weren't here, and, uh, and when we do, this is our, our third trip, or well, my third trip out there, I think Theresa's second, um, we always like to give a bit of a report, so that, we're going to do some of that. Uh, but before we do that, we just want to share a couple of testimonies with you, uh, and that will be exciting all on its own. Uh, so Supernatural School was fun on Tuesday. Uh, we, we flew in, uh, the three of us. Uh, we arrived home at 6 p.m., and we were in Supernatural School for 7.15 p.m., and we've been praying as we went out to to, to Bethel, which is in Redding, California, so it's an eight-hour roughly time shift for a no jet lag anointing, both ends of the trip, and, and it and it worked. It was amazing. Both both ends I wasn't waking up in the middle of the night, which is... It, so thank God for that. So we arrived back. we were straight into supernatural school, and the worship was amazing. And we saw I think three people got healed, two of which we didn't pray for. So Jen, I, I just. Just tell us what happened to your, to your nose, if you don't mind. It's <laughs> a rather personal moment, this, but <laughs> tell us about your nose, Jen. <laughs> I have a lovely nose. <laughs> and,
1: um, since I was young, uh, I've had problems with sinuses and everything else, and I've never been able to breathe properly through this side of my nose. And uh, I you know, had operations and everything else. And on Tuesday night, we were sat, we'd done worship, we were sat and we prayed for ears and I get a lot of ringing in my ears all the time, like if it's silent, I just hear a constant ringing. So I thought, I'll stick my hand up and the so foot prayed for me. And then, I didn't think about the news, that was not on my agenda. And I'm sat there and all of a sudden, as Auntie's preaching, I'm like... <laughs> and all the way, I realise I could breathe through this side of my nose. I'm like, that's so weird, so I'm just sat going like this. <laughs> I won't do it. And, uh, and I'm like, oh my goodness. And so God basically just healed me, and the ringing in my ears is pretty much gone. Like, because at night, I would, when I'm falling asleep, I would hear total ringing in my ears. Uh, and there's hardly any, I mean, there is a bit, but hardly any. So wow. My nose Thanks is coming. Totally
0: Just, just as we do, just reminding you as we do these testimonies, these are things you can connect to for you. In, in the book of Revelation it says that the, the, the test, testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy and one way of looking at that and a, a good way of looking at that is when you hear a testimony of what Jesus did, it's a prophecy about what he wants to do. All right. And what he wants to do is sort your nose out the ringing in your ears, okay? Um, I, it's, God's doing something with ears. So a few weeks back, uh, Teresa and I went to Worcester. So God's kind of drawing on what's happening here and we're, we're kind of traveling around. And, and this is a, a text from Worcester. We read some out the other week. And if you remember, uh, we prayed for a guy with two hearing aids in who was 65 and had trouble, yeah. Brian, from age 40 with hearing. And it, He was texting us in our meeting a week later saying, I've had a full week without my hearing aids. I'm listening to TV, sitting in meetings, and I don't need them anymore. Now, his wife texted Teresa just the other day.
2: Um, We spent the Saturday with the church leaders, and on the Saturday I had a word for Pat that she was like a treasure chest and God would be pulling out of this treasure chest stuff that had been there and it had been wrapped up in tissue paper for years, but she hadn't used it. So I just had this word, just just to fill you in the background. Hi, this is Pat from Hope Church Worcester. Just wanted to tell you the word you gave me the other day, um, on the day away, about taking things out of a chest, dusting them off and saying, yes, I used to use that. And not being worried about using them again. I was praying with a young lady and God gave me something I'd used before. So I thought it was just me. Then I remembered your word and it was such a powerful time. So thank you so much. Brian and I so enjoyed your visit and his hearing is amazing. I had a picture for you of a pile of bricks but they had turned to gold. And at the top were some still half and half. But still more, we've been put on and changed into gold. I think that's the people in your church, and you're both building with good stuff. We know that you're all great. <laughs> I hope you don't mind me texting. Um, I've got your number from Richard. I put back. Oh, this is great, Pat. It's so lovely to get feedback on our visit. We're delighted about Brian's hearing. There's power in the power of testimony, as as we see in Revelation. So Andy's telling people we minister all about it and praying for hearing problems. As a result, I'd encourage you both to do the same. Um, We've just got back from an envisioning, refreshing, inspiring visit to Bethel Church in California, which we found to be a powerhouse of encouragement. Then she texted me a bit later on, sounds amazing, I've just seen another young lady about marriage things, and God did the same thing. I'm going to see what else is in that chest
0: <laughs> <laughs> so prophetic words when you line up with them start to release the presence of God in your life and in other people's lives uh, Jan I wonder if you, before you share your bit about Bethel do you want to share about your friend what you texted me can you do that just that testimony and then do your Bethel report so here, here we go
3: Um, I was out for dinner with a friend um, on Thursday night, and um, basically, this was the same girl who um, got healed of carpal Tunnel. I don't know if you remember that. So she had this problem, and she didn't realise for six months that um, she'd been healed, and all of a sudden it dawned on her. So she um, was just uh, flown in for a week. She actually stays in uh, Qatar. Um, She's working out there just now. And so she said said to me on Skype, when I come back, you need to fix my finger. Um, So I knew it was coming, and she said... um, So she's like, oh, yeah, my finger. You need to get it healed. And so um, I just took a hold of it. Um, She was having, um, like, I think RSI, because it would be, like, the finger she clicked the mouse with. And she said that it was so numb that when she bit it, her finger, she couldn't even feel herself biting her finger. She just had no feeling in her finger whatsoever. And so I just prayed, and she's like, ooh, that feels like... I was like, well, check it out. Why don't you see, if you, like, when you bite it, if you feel your finger? <laughs> so she said that, and she was like, "Oh, ah, well, that's sore. And <laughs> so she's like, it, it's not completely there yet. And so I just, you know, took hold of her finger a couple more times, and she was like, I think that's it, you know, I think that's it. Um, and it was just amazing. And then I got an opportunity to actually prophesy over her as well. And she is so, like, I'm not really into this sort of stuff, but um, wants to come to a light in life when she comes back, because she's like... That sounds great. I would love to hear like what God's going to say to me through other people. So, um, that was just amazing.
0: <laughs> okay, hang on a sec. But so if you have, if you have uh, ringing in your ears, hearing difficulty, what else have we? Uh, numb fingers. Anybody got breathing? Not numb fingers. Okay, down a hand. Uh, breathing difficulties in the nose sinus blocked anybody with that you can put your hand up if you come under any of those sinus blocked noses uh, hearing difficulties ringing in the ears okay if you just keep your hand in there if you're near those people why don't you just get around and pray God's doing that in the room he's healing breathing he's healing he- healing hearing can't say healing hearing So, Father, we just release your healing in this room. We command uh, sickness to leave, feeling to come into limbs and hands. In Jesus' name. Are you okay to do your report? Yeah, thank you, Father. So if you can check it out, check it out. (laughs) We don't need to pray a long time. In fact, (laughs) <laughs> we're thinking of cutting out the middleman and going straight to checking it out, so <laughs> we're just releasing healing in the room, because because we are health and healing give it a try hands, ears noses, check it out give us a wave, if there's any improvement, wave at me, a heart improvement, all the way part of the way nearly there, what was it? Sinus, okay. So we've got some improvement there. Let's pray again then for all the way. Just a few of you just kind of release more healing over her. That'd be fantastic. Sheila. Anybody else feeling any improvement in their condition? How are we doing? Half? Third? Okay, well, thank God. Let's pray. Remember, we're learning. Let's celebrate every improvement and every breakthrough. Small, large, in between, we're going to enjoy them all. How's it going? There's <laughs> absolutely no pressure to make this happen. We just want you to be honest how it is.
3: Okay. Okay, so I might talk really quickly because I've got five minutes and I've got a lot to say. <laughs> So you can listen to it on the record if we don't get a chance to hear at home. No, no, I was like, I'm joking, I'm joking. Okay, so um, we're just going to like three headings really that I wanted to share under. Um, So first one being what struck me the most about being out of Bethel. Then really just a personal testimony of what God did for me out there. And one of my favorite um, testimonies I heard while I was there. Um, so really I think the thing that struck me there's a lo- <laughs> so much that struck me but I had to pick one so the one that I picked was uh, relationships um, really impacted me actually just the way that um, relationships are done um, out there amongst everyone so um, the leaders um, actually got to sit in like a Q&A session with some of the um, senior leadership team and um, they talked about how um, loyalty is only tested when you disagree, and that um, the way that they do it is that they um, they fight for relationships above being right, and also that uh, their attitude is that, um, like, with tension and conflict in a relationship, um, their attitude is that we can come out of this with a more intimate connection, and also that they're not going anywhere, so they are, like, know they're not going to just say well that's it I'm going to quit being your friend if that's how you're going to talk to me they're actually not going anywhere and so they're committed to doing relationship and that the way that they the way that they function um just kind of in the senior leadership team actually the way that they do relationship and their connectedness flows through the whole church body so I got to live with um um four um BSSM students um three in second year and one in first year and what I really just saw, the model, was um, how to do life and how to do relationship. And what excited me so much was that they weren't American. And that actually... <laughs> no, I don't mean it like that. But actually, it wasn't like, oh, this is what they're doing. Like, It wasn't like an American relationship thing or whatever. But the, one of the girls was Karen Hutchison, who's obviously Scottish. And then two of the other girls were English and one was from Australia. And the way that they were just so honest and so vulnerable and so... Um, needing each other and knowing what each other's and um, where each other's strengths lay and how to draw on one another for what they needed and even being able to express um, like what you know how they needed to be uh, how they needed their affection met so like you know I, I need you to give me a hug right now I haven't had enough hugs today or just like the way that they were being vulnerable about things that were going on in their life and just how um, open they are about <laughs> absolutely everything that goes on just completely blew me away and let me see relationships in a way that i hadn't before and i just kept going on and on about redwood trees the whole time i was there and um, if you've if you've not done the culture of honor um if you've not seen the culture of honor dvds ask your small group leader to take your group through it if, they, if you've not done it before they're amazing but the redwood tree analogy just completely like was all the time in my head and I just talked about it non-stop and the way that actually when you're connected to another tree you draw strength um, from them but the connection of root system is not deep but the roots of a redwood tree are far and widespread and when one tree is connected to another you can't be, so in our church I can't be best friends with all of you but what I can do is be great friends and closely connected to lots of, like a, a small number of people, really well connected. And then they, some of them might be connected to you and then you'll connect to others. And, and actually that's how we do family and how we do relationship and that's how we do vulnerable relationships is that we we don't try and do it with the whole church in a one hour, but we do it in small clusters um, and just able to do life together. So I just got blown away by community um, and I'm excited to see how that's going to what that's going to look like a bit more for me um and i think the what god did for me was a lot of stuff but one i have to give one example so um the one thing i think that blew me away in um, the most was i just got really a fresh glimpse of the part that god wants me to play in um, in our city and our nation and in going to the nations i've always known i was going to the nations but i now know that I really am going to the nations, (laughs) (laughs) Um, not just know it, but I really, like, I always talk about knowing something in your knower, and just like the deep, deep down in my spirit, I just know more than ever um, what God's got for me to do, so I had real blown away revelation, um, and was really just commissioned uh, by God um, to do that, which is uh, quite amazing, but I think really just hope and faith uh, took root in me for, 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 for um, sons and daughters coming into the kingdom that was the thing I think that um, was really impactful we watched about I don't know 30 or so people stand to get baptized and I just cried the whole time <laughs> Um I just got completely blown away at the wide range of people I mean there was like you know four and five year old kids saying I'm gonna get baptized because Jesus told me to right up to people um, a bit older or who had been recovered there were like um, drug addicts who'd been completely set free and healed um, to you know people who'd come from really um poverty stricken backgrounds um in the community and i just got a glimpse about what god's going to do um in our church and the number of people we're going to see brought into the kingdom in our city and and in the nation so that blew me away and i cried a lot because <laughs> i was just undone um, and the coolest testimony that i heard um was quite amazing so one of the guys um who well, the guy who heads up the i'm a, I'm a too long i want to the guy who heads up the healing the healing director um is called chris gore and he shared a story about they do these things called um like advanced ministry training tracks and he was with a bunch of first years and he'd been teaching on uh, the woman with the issue of blood and uh, basically how um when jesus i mean she got healed and then jesus said you know go in peace your faith made you well and actually what he was doing was um, dealing with uh, the root issue of what had been going on with her, which was she wasn't living in peace. But he was talking about going into peace. So, um, anyway, Chris Gore stood in this um, training track, and there was a guy sitting here, and he was just doing a demonstration. And he put his hand on his shoulder, and he's like, "You know, go into peace. Your faith made you well." And then he was like, "Oh, hold on, you wouldn't have an issue with blood." So he goes to the woman next to him, he's like, "Go into peace. Your faith has made you well." And then he continues teaching the session. And what actually happened at that moment? Um, Well, what he found out later was that that woman um, that he put a hand on her shoulder had polycystic ovarian syndrome. And that evening, she got her very first period. She'd never had one before. Um, So she got completely healed. And that was amazing. Wait, 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 there's more. Wait, wait. wait. So then, clap at the end. (laughs) um, And then the next week, they shared in the the seminar what had happened. And a woman who heard the testimony thought, well, I'm just going to receive that for me. She um, wasn't able to have children because she had um, premature menopause. And uh, the next day, um, her period started. <laughs> and then <laughs> we, 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 the woman who was sitting next to the girl who'd had polycystic ovarian syndrome, she had to get up and leave during the meeting. And Chris Gore was thinking,
0: oh.
3: And then she came back in and he was like, oh, she's back. And she basically a while, like, didn't come straight forward and share, but said, um, that she had, um, her mother had died and um, she'd, her body had basically gone into shock um, from the death and for 18 months she hadn't had her period at all and when he laid a hand on that woman's shoulder um, she started cramping and got her period and had to leave and go back in <laughs> 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 so I, I just really want to encourage you <laughs> you can be leaking Jesus and folk are getting healed without you even realising it
2: amen well i don't know where to start it's a bit like i could do with it's a bit like swallowing if i'm standing under a fire hose being at bethel you're like (laughs) it was great um two well loads of things really impacted me um I went, there was a training track for intercessors head, led by the lady called Marla who heads up their intercessors team. So I thought, well, I'm going to that. It was a tough decision though because there was also Sherry Silk talking who I would have loved to heard and there was someone else. So There's the three seminars I would have loved to have gone to. So I was like, oh, which one shall I go to? I thought, I'll go to Marla's. Uh, find out what's behind this powerhouse of Bethel. And, man, it was amazing. I It was a two-pen conference. This is now a new measuring rod in my book. So by day one, I'd already used up one pen, and I was on pen number two for day two. Um, so it was amazing. Um, but one of the things, I couldn't share everything that they said but one of the things she said which we found was really funny was um, she told about how as intercessors I'll tell you some of the things that she said they didn't do by the way did many of you go on me blogs good thank you and thanks for those people who posted back to me I felt a bit like I was typing into thin air so it was nice to get some responses back but Uh, one of the things she said was one of the most interesting things was the question and answer session at the the, the end and people were like well how often do you meet with the senior leadership team to discuss you know what you need to pray about what they've got you know what list they want you to break through on and she was like we don't and everybody went like "Mm." you don't meet with the senior leadership team. No, no, she says, no, we don't meet with the senior leadership team. And then the question came again, so you don't meet with the senior leadership team? (laughs) She was like, nope. She said, uh, we listen to what the Holy Spirit's saying, and that's what we do. And we find that we directly line up with what the church leadership team is planning and thinking because they're listening to the Holy Spirit as well, so we sort of walk in parallel. So you could tell there was a few people that went out with more he- more of a headache than they walked in with. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing that she talked about was, they said, well, what about your teams? You know, how do you manage your teams? What list do you give out? You know, what's your criteria for choosing your intercessors? And she looked a bit sort of nonplussed. And then she said, well, uh, First of all, we look to see if the Holy Spirit's on them. Everyone thought, oh, what a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says, and then we all know each other really, really well. So we do things. She says we don't pray. She says we don't, su- we don't do supplication. We don't do prayer requests. She said we simply look for what the Holy Spirit's doing and we follow that. So that gave another load of people another headache. You could see them going out like, what? But then at the end, me and Jan, I thought, well, if you don't ask, you don't get, do you? So we stood at the queue, and I nearly bottled it because it was a great long queue. And I kept thinking, oh, you know, she's spent hours talking to us. She's probably tired. Perhaps I should let her go. And then Jan says, when are you next going to be able to ask her to pray for you? So I thought, right, okay. So anyway, we stood and asked for them to pray for us. Well, my goodness, that was like standing directly under a fire hose. That was amazing. But she said two things which I thought were really fascinating. She said, one, that they f- were lifting the cloak of invisibility off Scotland, which I thought, thought we'll have that. And, uh, oh, my mind's gone blank. What was the other thing? Oh, yeah, and about honour being restored to Scotland, where in the past there'd been betrayal. So I was like, yes, come on. (laughs) Uh, So that was really, so the whole thing was just totally amazing uh, and blew your mind. But like Jan said, the thing that ran through it didn't matter which department you went through heard similar kind of things and it wasn't because they were parroting out the same stuff, because I also went to the finance meeting and the um, development planning, they had a seminar with Stephen De Silva, husband of who was here and a guy called Charlie Harper and he's run with all their building development and so that was fascinating as well but guess what runs through it guess what the values are relationship they also do brave communication with all their city councillors and get this, this blew me away so at the moment they've got a supernatural school they're running with 1,200 students and the, the first year students and the city planners said well you can't expand your buildings here anymore you're at maximum capacity you need to put in another road and then you can have more students and more parking but you need two ways in and at the moment you've only got one so like okay so they've only gone and rented like the lord provost's house you know like the city hall they've rented that so that all their supernatural students meet in like the city hall and to ease it, they now run the city hall so, uh, for the city, and they are the biggest employers in the city. So how about that? And I was like, "Come on. love <laughs> that for Glasgow.
0: Fantastic. stuff. Well, um, not going to take too long because we want to pray for all of you uh, this morning and uh, we already did that in Supernatural School and yesterday when we did our Culture and Connect Day. And it was really good, wasn't it? Those of you who were there, but it was just amazing. So, so some of you were going to get you to help be our, our fire tunnel this morning. Um, just, just a few, a few thoughts. Um, it, it's two years since I last went, and and. We, we love our New Frontiers family, but i tell you what, we don't have to love these guys in Bethel too. They are carrying something. It is, it is a deep, deep well, and you go, not there, I've not been there for a couple of years, and you go back and think, wow, I forgot how amazing this is, and... Uh, no. Uh, we were all messed up, undone, overwhelmed more than once, and sometimes that looked like joy and just being overwhelmed with laughter and sometimes it was just uh, just snot and tears <laughs> if i 'm just honest and we there was one time we took turns with snot and tears uh, and uh, I mean that is what it was it wasn 't just a little kind of it was It was full on howling <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I want to tell you a little bit about my my about that and if there 's time i will tell you a bit more about some of the stuff but some of you remember paul mannering who he, he came and did a midweek we did it at champion life. Do you remember him so he 's a Brit uh who we 're getting to know, but he's on the Bethel sort of senior team, so he did a session in the conference <clears throat> and and he 's he did this amazing session. The outcome of this session was, I would say, maybe a third of the room were at the front or this is a room full of leaders, on their knees weeping because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He just released this anointing in the room, and there was just brokenness in, in the best kind of way, not a forced thing, not've oh, got to, but just, just God came in that way. And, and, and I, I'm among them. In fact, I didn't make it to the front. I was too too snottified. It was just... Uh, but what was striking me was, I know Paul a little bit, and, 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 and I'm watching this man's journey. When he was here, he's talked about some of his journey, and he's lived there, I think, 10 or 12 years now, in, inside the culture, inside that environment that they've deliberately built, built now over the last 18 years. And, and I'm watching a Brit be transformed by immersion in, in a supernatural heaven-to-earth culture and, and I'm watching what's happening to him. And I'm listening to his story and it's totally messing me up because to, to me he's, he's a beacon of hope for me. He's a guy of similar age to me and he's wrestling with the similar kind of issues that I wrestle with and probably a lot of us in Britain wrestle with and, and I just want to summarize the two things I've, see, I've seen him get breakthrough on and it's all to do with identity and we've talked about it a lot but boy we've still got some place to go so if you think we've talked a lot about identity there's more to come because he's, his identity has been revolutionized and he has overcome the two things in our both our, our at kind of secular culture which we love self deprecation we like people who publicly say things that kind of undermine themselves and we really don't like people who are boastful or proud or declare that they're amazing in fact, we're very suspicious in our culture of people who are confident or overconfident in that way. Isn't that true? So generally, when we talk about it, it's like Jan, as soon as she mentions Americans, there's a little hoo-hoo through the room. Because in our view as Brits and as Scots, we like going, oh, well, Americans, they're a bit brash, they're a bit out there, they're a bit overconfident for their own good, yeah? And so that's something in our culture just, just secular-wise, that, that we like. Just think about whether that's good or bad, but that is what it's like to, to live in, in the UK. And if anybody gets a bit ab- above themselves, in our view, then we're very good at knocking their feet from under them or chopping their head off, whichever way round. You know, we don't like it. We don't mind you succeeding, but not too much. Um, and then in church culture, humility... I think we've misunderstood humility and we've ended up with a religious view of humility and it's linked to our world culture. So for us, in church, it's really bad to be overconfident. For us, it's really bad to be oversure of who you are and what God said to you and make kind of bold proclamations about that because that's just arrogant. And Jesus came as a servant. He took on the form of a servant, and uh, he came and he served us, and he laid his life down for us, and he suffered, and he died, and, 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 and all this is true, all right, I'm not saying this isn't true, all this is true, and we look at that, that model, and we look at those, those verses in a certain way, and our conclusion is that we have got to be ever so humble servants, And and we mustn't mustn't expect too much, and we mustn't expect that we'll be too much because that's getting above ourselves. Does that does that make sense? That's kind of well. I wouldn't be so proud to presume that I could do something amazing, or that I would be something amazing. Now the problem is that we've uh, we've not read we've read the scripture, but we just haven't read the whole scripture. So when it says that he took on the form of a servant, what it actually says before that is that we should be imitators of Christ, who being equal with God, didn't count equality with God something to be grasped, but humbled himself, taking on the form of a servant. So to be fully an imitator of Christ is first of all to know who you gloriously are, which is a new creature indwelt by God, indwelt by Jesus who is in you, the hope of glory, you're amazing, you're his workmanship, you're his work of art, you're beautiful, you're his, you're his amazing creation who he called forth from before the foundation of the world. He thinks you're beautiful, he thinks you're amazing and he's come to live inside of you knowing who you fully are, now raised up in heavenly places, seated with him, joint with him in, with having all rule and authority, you then choose to put on the cloak of servanthood because you know you're a powerful son do you see the difference and Jesus went and 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 he and he washed the disciples feet didn't he wrapped a towel around him and we look in John 13 How he wrapped the towel around him and he he got water and he went around and he and he washed he served the disciples and he washed their feet but if you read the whole story right at the beginning it says Jesus knowing who he was and where he'd come from Wrapped a towel around him. Yes. Hello. Jesus, when he'd been baptized in the River Jordan, when he'd been the Holy Spirit had come on him like a dove, when he'd been tempted and he'd held on to his identity as a son, he stands up in his hometown and he says that the Spirit of the Lord is on me because He's anointed me to do all this amazing stuff. I am here to give sight to the blind, to set captives free. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna re- preach good news to the poor. And today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. Because basically, he's saying, I'm that dude. Yeah. And they take offense at him. I'm that guy. I'm that man. Translating. <laughs> That's, that sounds to us. But I've watched Paul Mannering, and he's gone, he's wrestled with this issue that we have as Brits with identity. We don't want to speak too highly of ourselves. We don't want to align ourselves too strongly with amazing stuff because it just doesn't feel right to British people. But the more I watch him and the more I read the Scripture, I'm all I think we are called to be amazing. As, as uh, the intercessors said to, to Jan and Teresa, you are intercession. you and I walk around in and under an open heaven because that's who we are. We're connected to the Father and nothing can break that connection. We're connected to his love and nothing can break that connection. We all have a unique calling and the world needs more of who you are. I need more of who you are in my life. I need more of who God's really made you to be. And what he's really created you to be, because you're special and unique and beautiful and formed and called and powerful. And this is so countercultural, but so kingdom culture. Jesus died and suffered to lift us up, not to keep us small. Now I'm watching Paul speaking and, and what's coming into my head is, what, is him making a journey out of insignificance, out of doubting himself, out of being a true Brit who always wants to be self-deprecating and express it that way into a connection with his true identity as a son and his true calling. Some of the things that God has spoken to him were 25 years ago and finally, finally, he's amongst a group of people who will back him when he says, this is what God said to me. Yeah. And they don't treat his destiny or his assumed destiny with suspicion. They, say, they assume not that he didn't hear, but that he did hear. Yeah. They don't assume he's getting above himself. They're rejoicing that he's heard something amazing and they want to thrust him into it. That's, yeah. that's a culture of honor right there. Yeah. A friend of mine went... Uh, and, and lived out there, Pete Carter, who's coming, he lived out there for three months and he was going around telling them, I've got this £4 million building project. And at that time, he didn't have the money, or he only had a little bit of the money, and they had not started building this project. And everybody, he said, For three months, I never encountered any cynicism at all. Everybody was cheering me on. It's like walking into a world where everything is possible. It's walking into a world where the phrase we have unlimited access to unlimited resources is taken seriously because we do. Because our Heavenly Papa is sitting on the throne and he's doling out all the resources to his children. He says that we are joint heirs with Christ so everything Christ gets, we get. And he got a lot. Hello? And, and, and I just was so impacted by this that I am wrecked. I am blubbing. I am just in bits. I thought, God, I put you in another box. And he just leapt out of it again. I put me in another box. And he's trying to get me out of my box. Because to say these things, to declare these things, to teach these things, to rise up and be who you are, is treated with suspicion in our Christian culture, but we're going to change this planet by being who we're called to be, not by shrinking it, but by aligning with who God says we are and aligning with what God says about us. It takes a lot of courage to do what Jesus said, did. In fact, in one account, they tried to throw him off a cliff. They were so annoyed with him. But aligning with your true identity releases passion in you and the presence of God through you. Because he's anointed you to do something. He's anointed you to be somebody. And he's anointed you to do the impossible on this planet. (laughs) I don't want to be small anymore with a small God. He actually called me to change the world. Called you to change the world. It called you to change the world around you. It called you to shift the atmosphere in your office from depression to joy. It called you to see the sick people around you get well. So you can just say, well, if you don't believe my words about the gospel, believe the evidence of the works. That's what Jesus did. He said, well, if you don't believe what I'm telling you, you believe because of the, the works. Ha <laughs> ha. So we're going to keep going after the works, folks. We have to keep pressing. There's more. Yeah. We've seen some great miracles, but there's more. Yeah. And, and, and you sit in that environment, and it's like, there's miracles happening every day. Yeah. They didn't tell you the story. They stood up some of their, uh, like their, their sons and daughters that are coming through the ranks now, the 20 and 30-year-old 30 leaders, 30 leaders, and and, and Danny Silk had a session, and in, rather than him speak, he gave it, most of it over to their testimony. There's five or six of them, and, and I'm undone again because here they are, 30 year thirty-year-old people standing up saying, um, "Yeah, well, we're seeing loads of healings. It's amazing." Um, we were doing this meeting, and, and, and this woman was saying, "And I was walking over to pray for this woman with a cancerous tumor on her face, and before I got there to pray with her, the Holy Spirit beat me to it, and it exploded off her face." <laughs> And another guy says, yeah, we went into a deaf, dumb school in Africa and we just, went, we just lined up all the deaf boys in the line and we prayed for them and one after another, their ears popped open, one after another, after another, after another and we got them praying for each other so they started to speak again and all this kind of stuff and you're like, wow. And another woman said, yeah, I have these amazing encounters with Jesus and in one of them, actually Jesus physically knocked on her door. It wasn't like the door of her heart, it was a bedroom door. Because he wanted to come in and meet with her. And she's like, oh, that does put the, fear, the right fear of God in you, doesn't it? It's like, I thought I locked the house and set the alarm. And someone's knocking at my door. Who is it? It's Jesus. Of, of course. <laughs> and, and on you go, these people are telling these stories about miracle after miracle after miracle. And they're just, they're just boasting in their kids. Danny's up there saying this is what we're reproducing we're not reproducing people with a small God we're not passing on to the next generation people with low expectation in fact some of these guys are now doing more amazing stuff than we've been doing and we're thrilled and that's just what Jesus did, Jesus said let my ceiling be your floor (laughs) I still want to get up to his ceiling (laughs) you know he said you do the works that I did and greater works So he modeled something for us and said, just for fun, why don't you take it beyond even where I took it? (laughs) I've said it before, I've studied it out. That's not greater quantity, it's greater quality. There's two different words in the Greek. And the Greek word there is he said, you're going to do more amazing stuff in quality that's more amazing than I did. You think, wow, more amazing than walking on the water. Yep. More amazing than raising the dead. Well, yeah, that and plus. I don't know. <laughs> but you start to hear some of these stories about tumors exploding. And you think, wow, yeah, more amazing stuff is happening. And, uh, and we stood in the room. And I've believed since I was early Christian that we could see the manifest physical glory of God. And actually our inheritance as believers is to constantly both behold it and reflect The physical glory of God in the planet that actually people are going to be around us and they're going to see a glow a shining a cloud because I believe that we're in a greater covenant than the old covenant and the old covenant was accompanied by a cloud yeah Yeah. so we're worshiping on the Friday night and and the top two meters of two-thirds of the roof is filled with this sparkly cloud Honest and not making it up. And you're just watching this sparkle, 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 light. And the more the worship rose, the more active the sparkles got. It was like, whoo. It was incredible, this sort of glory filling the top part of the auditorium, and we were sitting in the back third. It didn't seem to be there, And I went off and wandered around and had a look, and you know poking around and going, "Wow, whoo, a bit like fireworks.
1: Wow. wo.
0: Trees stayed at the back, but she got back to uh, the hotel room, and they had very bright lights in their their bathrooms and and just had bare arms in this thing, and there was little speckles all, all up her arm, obviously things had sort of fallen fallen on her, so maybe we should analyze them and see what they are. <laughs> but I'm like, I've waited 30 years to see this. This is amazing <laughs> So it, that evening was just worship, Was the message was scrapped and just worshipping Jesus. They don't worship the cloud, they worship Jesus and, and it doesn't happen every week but they just love it when it comes. Uh, <laughs> and they've, have, they've had celebrities show up incognito because they've heard about the cloud, they want to know what's going on in this place and they're coming up from LA and Hollywood and places like that because they're like, there's a glory cloud. <laughs> We are people of glory. We are with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord with ever increasing glory. And as we do that, we're transformed. 2 Corinthians 3.18 This is who we are. We're people of glory. We're people of presence. And, and I think huh, just A few bullet points to wind it up before we pray for you. Stay hungry. Karen Hutchison had a great phrase. She said, they're learning to stay hungry in a feast. However satisfied you're feeling with how you're doing, get hungry because there's more. There's more presence. There's more love from God. There's more encounter. There's more miracles. Identity, identity, identity. We just, I've talked about that already Honor is incredible, more and more honor. We, we are just at the beginning of honor. Jesus does miracles in a, in a culture of honor, in an atmosphere of honor. That's what happens in Mark 6, 1-6. There's always more encounter. We need more depth, length, height, breadth as we were singing about the love of God. We need encounters every week, every day. And the intensity of them is going to increase and grow. Because we prize his presence, we love his face, and it isn't just a theological reality, it's an experiential reality that you can encounter, you can encounter him. (laughs) We can know him, we can know his face, we can feel his touch, we can hear his voice, we can be overwhelmed by his presence, we can see him, we can touch him, we can smell him, we can feel him, and he wants to be all over us. Amen. So if you had one encounter and it was a long time ago, time for another one. If you had an encounter yesterday, time for another one. Because <laughs> every time something happens to you that you can't explain, God gets out of the box, the last box you put him in. Every time you experience him, it helps you realize that he's bigger than you, he's more amazing than you, he loves you more than you thought he did, and he's more powerful than you thought he was. (laughs) He doesn't think like you think, but he loves you, he's for you, he's after your heart, he wants to overwhelm you with his presence, and every time you encounter him, you change. Even if he doesn't say anything, you know, we expect... It doesn't matter. If, you just, if He touches you, you're going to be different. Yeah. And you're going to be different this morning. There's more. There's a lot, lot more. Yeah. <laughs> we need to keep going after the more of God, the yeah. more of His presence, the more of His glory, yeah. uh, and the more of Him, because He's the most precious and beautiful thing there is. <laughs> okay, so we ready? Yeah. Okay, we're just going to pray, and then I'm going to ask the people who... The Supernatural School team if you'd come out and, and help me be a prayer tunnel. Uh, but let's just pray. Father, just lift your hands to him or put your hand on your heart, or whatever you're comfortable doing. I want you to say, Father, I want you to be more real in my life today. Holy Spirit, I want you to be more real to me today. Jesus, I want to fall in love with you more today. Jesus, we want to connect to our identity. We want to be uh, kingdom people. We want to connect to who you said we really are. Jesus, we, we want to encounter your love, your kiss, your embrace, your power, your passion for us and for this nation. And, and Jesus, we just want you to be released in this room right now. Holy Spirit, will you draw every one of us into an encounter with you? Uh, whether it's subtle or dramatic, we don't mind, but we want to know we've encountered you. Lord, we want to celebrate every touch, every fingerprint of you on our lives. Every time you you knock us flat, and every time you just kiss us on the cheek, and we we welcome your your embrace, we welcome your touch, and we welcome your power. Will you embrace us today? Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Okay, team, team, coming up. See how many we've got I'm about to add to the. Okay.